Hello, good day to you wherever you are. My name is Edmond Senanu Luchu. This is Lodio and we are doing commercial law. Transfer of property and risk in a contract of sale. Now, a transfer of property in goods is generally a transfer of the right in that property or good to the beneficial rights to a certain item is called the property now generally the property in goods under a contract of sale passes on when the parties intended to pass but in the absence of a contrary intention property passes when the goods are delivered to the buyer now let's look at section 26 1 and 2 of the sale of goods act act 137 it says subject to section 25 of this act the property in goods passes under a contract of sale when the parties intended to pass that's 26 1 26 2 says unless a different intention appears the property in the goods passes under a contract of sale when they are delivered to the buyer 26 3 where goods are delivered to the buyer on approval or on sale or return or other similar terms then in the absence of a contrary intention the property therein passes to the buyer a when he signifies his approval or acceptance to the seller or does any other act adopting the transaction b if he does not signify his approval or acceptance to the seller but retains the goods without giving notice of rejection then if a time has been fixed for the return of the goods on the expiration of such time and if no time has been fixed on the expiration of a reasonable time so when you go and buy uh, maybe a pack of blocks from a seller we are saying that the property of that pack of blocks passes to you when the both parties decide that it passes to you and then section 26 2 also says that when they are delivered to you the buyer then the property in that pack of blocks is transferred to you 26 3 says that if you have to approve the pack of blocks before you you agree that the property passes on to you then when you have approved of that pack of blocks then the property passes on to you and 26.3b 20, also says that if you do not even approve but you retain those pack of blocks then the property passes on to you now let's look at a case Betch and Asempa now the plaintiff is a sister of one Francis Kujo Adequito uh, who was currently residing in the United States of America now the defendants are also the personal representatives of Seth a woman who is deceased who in his lifetime was alleged to have manufactured and offered for sale a number of cement blocks which are the subject matter of the current suit now the case of the plaintiff is that adequito and herself bought seven thousand six inches cement blocks from this deceased seth a woman on 9th december 1981. now a receipt was issued to the evidence to evidence the sale after the sale, they collected 2,640 out of the 
7,000 blocks, leaving 4,360 blocks at the premises of Seth Ewuma. Now, after the death of Seth Ewuma, which death occurred in 1984, she went for the remaining 4,360 blocks, but the blocks were nowhere to be found. She and her mother therefore called on the head and other members of the said woman's family to demand the return of the blocks, but the family refused. Hence, she instituted the, the suit. She wanted the return of the 4,360 blocks, 6 inches, and damages. Now, under Section 8.2 of the Act, the seller of Act 137, the seller is under obligation to deliver the to the purchase the purchaser once they were paid for but the purchaser also was obliged under section 21 of the act to accept delivery of the goods by the application of section 27 of the act the risk in the goods passes on to the buyer upon delivery and the seller becomes an involuntary bailee therefore he could not be held liable for the safety and security of the remaining blocks left on his premises okay so now let's go on to the transfer of property in unascertained goods now first let's look at section 25 of act 137 it says that where there is a contract for the sale of unascertained goods no property in the goods is transferred to the buyer unless and until the goods are ascertained so unascertained goods they are not identified at the time of contracting but they're saying that the property in them could not be transferred to the buyer unless they are identified and agreed upon now let's move on to transfer of risk section 27 of act 137 now the caveat over here is that transfer clauses could be included into the contract to make a transfer of property conditional okay contingent upon a certain act happening or not happening now section 27 says that the risk one 20, 27 one the risk in the goods in the contract of sale is transferred to the buyer when the parties intended to be transferred two unless a different intention appears the goods are at the seller's risk until the property in them passes to the buyer after which the goods are at the risk of the buyer now when we talk about risk we are talking about if it gets stolen who pays for it if it gets damaged who pays for it if it gets rotten as in perishable goods who pays for it okay that's what we are saying the risk in the goods or if if it just gets missing like that you can't find it what what happens or the state of the good actually changes for some reason who who bears that risk okay then 27 one is saying that the risk in the goods in the contract of sale is transferred to the buyer when the parties intended to be transferred 27 two says unless a different intention appears the goods are the seller's risk until the property in them passes to the buyer after which the goods are the risk of the buyer okay now three says where delivery of the goods has been delayed through the fault of either buyer or seller the goods are at the risk of the party in fault at re as as regards any loss damage or deterioration which might not have occurred but for the delay 
27.4 says that nothing in this section affects the duties or liabilities of either seller or buyer as a bailee of the goods of the other party or any distraction or loss or deterioration of a dam or a damage to the goods which is caused by the fault of either party okay so if 27 for what he's saying is that if i'm your bailey you've bought the goods and you've left it in my care right or you've paid half and left it in my care if you through your own fault the goods are deteriorated in some way you cannot there thereabout say that because they are in my care it is my fault and the risk has not been transferred to you as of, as of now okay now 23 what he's saying is that where the delivery of the goods has been delayed by the buyer then the buyer has the risk associated with having those goods if the transfer of the goods has been delayed because of the fault of the seller then also the transfer risk the, the risk is transferred to the seller okay so that's it so that what we are saying is that delays and bailment is an exception to transfer transfer risk so 23 27 3 and 4 are exceptions to transfer risk now let's go to transfer of property by a non-owner somebody who doesn't own the good now 28 section 28 of act 137 says 28.1. Subject to the provisions of the Act and of any other enactment where goods are sold by a person who is not the owner thereof and who does not sell them under the authority or with the consent of the owner, the buyer acquires no better title than the seller had. So if I do not give you authority to sell my goods and you sell it to somebody, you do not acquire any title to it now 28.2 says nothing in this section affects the operation of the doctrine of estopel or any other power of sale which may be conferred by or under any enactment or by contract of pledge or otherwise this means the doctrine of estopel is that you have given um, somebody has bought something from you in good faith okay bona fide purchaser in good faith for value now you have transferred the risk or the property in the person uh, in the goods to that person without having adequate title you have given that person assurance of title to which he has suffered damage or some consequences you are therefore not you are therefore stopped from thereon alleging that you did not have proper title that is what 28.2 is saying but 28.1 is simpliciter that you do not transfer title to somebody when you have not been given the authority to transfer title to that person okay now let's look at disposition under avoidable title if a good has been sold to somebody under avoidable title avoidable title is a title that has defects that can be cured 
Now, 29 of Act 137 says that where a person has avoidable title to goods, any sale, pledge, or other disposition for value made by that person before his title to the goods has been avoided shall be effective as if his title were not voidable. If the person taken under the disposition acts in good faith and without notice of the defect in title of the person making the disposition now let's look at this scenario i sell a car to tiffany now the title i have from that car is from stella my title is voidable because it has defects that can be cured Probably I did not pay the full amount, but I have the documents to it. And she's saying that she can only transfer full title to me if I pay. Stella is saying that she can only transfer full title to me if I pay the full amount. Now, I sell that car to Tiffany. If that means that my title is already voidable, okay, that means it has defects that can be cured. Now, if Tiffany buys that car in good faith, without notice of the defect in title then she acquires an effective title that is what 29 is saying now let's look at 20 uh, 30 um disposition by mercantile agent in possession of goods now a mercantile agent is a special agent who in the normal course of business has the right to sell goods to send goods for sale to buy goods or to collect money to secure goods on behalf of his clients. Now, to make this definition clearer, a mercantile agent is a person who has received some goods or documents of title in the capacity of a mercantile agent and not just in a private capacity. Okay, not just in a private capacity. So, a mercantile agent has the full authority to perform all functions relating to the business on behalf of his principal, and all such acts shall be binding on the principal. Okay, now section 20, section 31 says, Where a mercantile agent is with the consent of the owner in possession of goods or of the documents of title to goods, any sale pledge or other disposition for value of the goods or documents of title made by him apparently in the ordinary course of his business as a mercantile agent shall be valid as if he were expressly authorized by the owner of the goods to make the same if the person taken under the disposition acts in good faith and has not at the time of the disposition noticed that the mercantile agent has no authority has, has not authority to make the same now if i choose tiffany as my mercantile agent i've given her goods and given her authority to sell them to acquire money to buy some goods on my behalf or whatever let's say i've given her goods to sell now i withdraw that authority and yet the mercantile agent passes on the goods to another person sells it to another person in whatever disposition the the act third act section 30 of act 137 is saying that the person who has bought the goods from my mercantile agent acquires a value title if he doesn't know that the mercantile agent has no authority to do so okay so that's clear now 32 says where a mercantile agent has 
with the consent of the owner, being in possession of goods or of the documents of title to goods, any sale, pledge, or other disposition for value, which would have been valid if the consent had continued, should shall be valid notwithstanding the determination of the consent, unless the person taken under the disposition has at the time thereof notice that the consent has been determined. Now, this is just the opposite of what we spoke about earlier. If the goods I gave to Tiffany, um, the the person the, the Tiffany sells it to another person. Now, if that person knows that Tiffany is my mercantile agent and has noticed that I've revoked authority of Tif- of Tiffany as my mercantile agent and then buys that those goods, then he acquires no valid title. Okay. Now Section 33 says, where a mercantile agent has obtained possession of any document of title to goods by reason of his being or having been with the consent of the owner in possession of the goods represented thereby or of any other document of title to the goods, his possession of the first mentioned document shall, for the purposes of this section, be deemed to be with the consent of the owner. This is just to fortify the doctrine of Estopel, all right? And it's, it's clear. Now, 34 says that for the purposes of this section, the consent of the owner shall be presumed unless contrary is proved. So this buttresses 31. You presume the consent of the owner if you are a bona fide purchaser for value without notice, right? The consent of the original owner is presumed that is there. Now 35 says, the goods or documents of title thereto are not deemed to be in the possession of a mercantile agent within the meaning of this section unless they are in his possession in his capacity as mercantile agent. That means that if he's, he's in the, 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 he's, the goods are in his possession as a private citizen or as a friend, these are not goods that can be said to be in the possession of a mercantile agent. 36 says, nothing in this section affects the liability of a mercantile agent to the owner of any wrongful sale, pledge, or disposition of the goods or document of title. That means that even if the consent is presumed, if you sell the goods, the liability that you that you suffer as a mercantile agent for disposing of my goods is not determined by this section. That means that this this section does not um, absolve anybody from any liabilities regarding being a mercantile agent. Okay. Now let's go to disposition by a seller in possession. Section 31.1, Act 137. It says, where a person having agreed to sell goods continues or is in possession of them after the property has passed to the buyer, the delivery or transfer by the seller of the goods or documents of title under any contract for sale, pledge or other disposition for value thereof to any person receiving the same in good faith and without notice of the previous sale 
shall have the same effect as if the seller were expressly authorized by the original buyer to make the same. This is just like a mercantile agent. So you are a seller and yet you have sold goods to somebody and the property in the goods have been transferred to that person. Now you have retained possession of the goods and sold it to somebody else. The section is saying that if that person who bought the goods from you has bought it for value, a bona fide purchaser without notice of you not having property in those goods, effective title is transferred to that person. All right. Now, 31.2 says, this section applies whether the seller is in possession of the goods as bailey or in any other capacity. 31.3 says, nothing in this section, A, derogates from the power of a seller in whom the property in the goods is vested, or B, affects the liability of the seller to the buyer for any wrongful sale, pledge, or other disposition for value of the goods or document of title. That is clear. Now, let's look at disposition by buyer in possession section 32 32 one says where a buyer of goods obtains the possession thereof or of documents of title to the goods with the consent of the seller before the property passes to him the delivery or transfer by the buyer of the goods or title or document of title under any sale, pledge, or other disposition for value thereof to any person receiving the same in good faith and without notice of the buyer's lack of title shall have the same effect as if the buyer were expressly authorized by the seller to make the same. Now we see a line of thought in this um, act. It's the same as the mercantile agent is the same as the buyer, the seller in position in, in possession of the goods. Now, what section 32 is saying is that if a buyer of a certain good um, gets a possession of the goods without property or title being transferred to him, now if he sells those goods to somebody else who is a bona fide purchaser for value without notice, that person gets effective title to the goods as if the buyer. Who, had, who, who doesn't have effective title, has effective title. You understand? So, if I got goods from Tiffany and I gave the goods to Stella, without the property in the goods having been transferred to me from Tiffany, if Stella buys them without notice of that fact, Stella acquires an effective title. That's all. Now, 32.2 says, where a buyer of goods obtains the possession thereof with the consent of the seller before the property passes to him and resells, pledges or otherwise disposes of the goods for value to a third party in such circumstances, that sale, pledge or other disposition would not, but for this subsection, 
transfer any rights in the goods to the third party under this act or otherwise the third party may notwithstanding anything in the original contract retain or as the case may be recover possession of the goods on on tendering to the seller the unpaid balance of the price due to the seller and on his doing so the seller's title shall thereupon vest in him but subject to the rights of the buyer if any against the third party this is very simple what this is saying is that if i bought goods from tiffany and tiffany gives me consent to take those goods away but i do not have property in those goods because probably i've not paid the full amount then i sell them to stella stella can get an effective title if she goes to pay the remaining amount to the original seller all right to tiffany if she pays the 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 amount left to tiffany she gets possession of those goods right 32.3 says that this section applies whether the buyer is in possession of the goods as a bailey or in any other capacity. 32.4 says nothing in this section derogates from the power of a buyer in whom the property in the goods is vested or B. Affects the liability of the buyer to the seller for any wrongful sale, pledge or other disposition for value of the goods or documents of title. Now let's go on to provisions relating to notice of ownership. 33.1 says, For the purposes of the provisions of this part relating to the disposition of goods to persons receiving the same in good faith and without notice of defect in title, where a motor vehicle is licensed by licensing authority under the provisions of the Road Traffic Ordinance, 1952 number 55 every person shall be deemed to have notice of the ownership if or interest if any of the person in whose name it is so licensed that means that if anybody goes to license a car whether he has proper title or not it is effective notice to the whole world that that person is the the bona fide owner of that car okay 33.2. It says that the minister responsible for trade may, with the concurrence of the minister responsible for licensing authorities, make regulations by legislative instrument A, prescribing the forms to be used and the fees to be paid by persons wishing to inspect the records of a licensing authority. And B. Providing that a copy of an entry in the records of a licensing authority purporting to be signed and certified as a true copy by the person in charge of the licensing office shall be admissible in evidence in any legal proceedings and see generally for giving effect to this section. Thank you very much. We will see you next week.